great confessions to live by. Great confessions to live by. Um, as Pastor Ryan said, we're just so excited about the new things that God is doing in our life. Um, and as y'all know, it was now almost uh, two years ago that uh, the transition happened, first part of 2015. And a lot of transitions have taken place in our life since then. Both of my daughters now live in Austin. We just married Katie off back about five weeks ago, and that was tremendous. And she's now a Coke, and so she's Katie Coke. And so we just call her KK, all right? And she's doing just a great time. She's a youth pastor over at Shoreline Church and just doing a tremendous job there. Her and her husband now also lead the young adult ministry. And, of course, she's part of the leadership team for Shine, which is the women's ministry for Shine Conferences and Sisterhood. So she was just in Tulsa this past weekend at Shoreline's Tulsa campus helping them to do their Shine Conference up there. And uh, just tremendous time that she's doing. Mandy is over living in Austin now. She has this great guy that she has met. So something may happen next year. Y'all pray for us. We're about to get this done. Amen? Um, but she's doing great. She is a service coordinator at Shoreline Church. And uh, she's involved in other ministries helping support Katie and Luke in the, uh, in the, the young adult ministry. Uh, Penny is just doing it awesome and great as always. She's over in Austin uh, right now. They're having meetings about the big Shine Conference, Women Conference that they're going to have at the end of October. So she's getting heavily involved in that in other areas. Patsy has moved over to Austin as well. Do you get the trend that's going on here? And so she's over there as well uh, doing just great, having a wonderful time, part of the women's ministry there. And God has just moved in our lives in a great way. My company has given me permission to relocate to Austin after the first of the year. And so uh, we're going to be uh, we're gonna be putting our house on the market uh, come January and uh, be relocating over there. And I'll be coming back to Houston three days a week to oversee the, the, the work that I do up there in Houston, which they moved our office from downtown to the far west side of Houston. It's almost in Katy now. And so that was a God thing. So it got me an hour closer to where I'm going to wind up being living out of anyway. And so God is just doing great and awesome things in our lives. And I'm so excited my mom and dad were able to be here with us this morning. And they're doing awesome. They've transitioned into a new place where they live now. And, and they're able to be in church every Sunday now at Family Life Church down there in Lake Jackson. They have some great friends there. And the pastors are looking out after them. And my sister lives just five minutes from where they're at. So I feel like they'll be in capable hands. And Everything's going good. So, so how do you know when God gets at work in your life, great things can happen for you? And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. It doesn't matter what is going on. It doesn't matter how bad you may think it looks. To God, it never looks that bad. He's always able to make a way where there seems to be no way. And one of the great ways that we can assist the work of God's ministry in our lives is by understanding the power of confession, okay? See, there's tremendous power in our words. You remember I said it for years and years that, that Jesus said that we keep saying what we have and getting more of it. So he wants us to say what we want so we can have what we say. And if you don't like the condition of your life right now, you don't like the way things are going, then just start saying something different than what you've got right now as a status quo. Quit talking about things how the things are and start talking about how things ought to be. Quit saying all the bad news and start saying the good news that God says is work. And I have a good amen there this morning. There's tremendous power in our words. Proverbs 18.21 says it like this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what we say is extremely important because if you keep speaking death, if you keep speaking disease, if you keep speaking lack, if you keep speaking how it's not going to work, it's never going to happen, nothing's going to turn out that way, then that is exactly what's going to take place in your life because death and life are in the power of the tongue. What we say is extremely important. So death is in the power of the tongue, but life also is in the power of the tongue. So if you start saying things like, you know what, it may look bad now, but God in His Word said that He's for me and He's not against me. God in His Word said that He loves me as much as He does Jesus. God in His Word said that His mercy and grace extends to generations. If you start to say things that God's Word says and speak about the way things ought to be, those things will begin to turn around because God's power will start to come in on the scene. Hebrews 4.12 tells us this. The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, when it is spoken out of your mouth, the Word of God will bring life to every area of your existence. you got to start speaking words that have life in them. And it says the Word of God is alive. And it's powerful. When it's spoken out of your mouth, the Word of God will bring life to every area of your existence. As we gain knowledge of the Word, our confession of that Word will release our faith and put it to work. See, we've got to get the Word in us. Remember Tommy Birchfield always said, put the Word in you when you don't need it, so it'll be there when you do need it. In those times when things seem to be kind of going okay, and things are going all right, it's very easy to lay our Bible aside. It's very easy to put aside those things and kind of put it on cruise control for a while. Things are going great. This is good. I'm not having to do the good fight of faith. Things are rocking along pretty good. And we kind of just coast back. We put it on cruise control. And we don't keep putting it in. We don't keep putting it in. And see, brothers and sisters, that's the time to put more word in you than ever before. That's the time to go ahead and keep storing it up. That's the time to keep putting the pedal to the metal and keep going and keep going with it because there will come a time when the enemy is going to bring an attack against you. There will come a time when you're trying to go to the next level and when you go to the next level, you find the next devil. And you have to take time and say, wait a minute, you got to start speaking out of your mouth what God's word says because when the heat comes on, what comes out of your mouth is what is in abundance in your heart. I mean, come on, man, when we, you, you, you that, are, that are married out there, when you get into an argument with your spouse, things start to come out that you really don't want to say. Don't shout me down out there when I'm preaching. But, but things start to come out that you don't want to say. And it's because in the heat of the moment, those things that you've been harboring in your heart, she ain't treating me right, he ain't been doing it right by me, well, he don't do this, well, she don't do that. And you've been harboring that and harboring that in your heart and letting it fester. And when the heat of an argument comes on, all of a sudden, well, you never. And then, and then all you know what breaks loose. And so brothers and sisters know in the heat of battle, in the heat of, of, of tribulations and trials and things like that, is when stuff starts coming out of our mouth that's in abundance in our heart. Well, it ain't ever going to work anyway. Well, I don't know why I keep doing the God stuff. It's not working. Well, I don't know why that doesn't happen. Well, I don't know why. And, and we start cursing this and we start cussing that and we start doing this and we start doing that. And the devil goes, good, exactly, just what I wanted to happen. And see, in reality, if we will go ahead and put God's word in our heart in abundance, 
and have it there and put it in when we don't need it, when we don't need it, then when we do need it, it will be what comes out of our mouth. Then when the financial pressure is on, then when the pressure of a relationship is on, job pressures, this kind of pressure, sickness and disease, any other kind of pressure that comes against us, what will come out of our mouth in abundance is what God's Word says. God will take care of this. God will meet my needs. He will be there. He will come through. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And when that happens, we'll begin to see God's power come on the scene and the devil push back and you'll go to that next level. Can someone say amen in this house this morning? See, as we gain knowledge of the word, our confession of the word will release our faith and put it to work. We can build the word into our spirits to the point where that word will come rolling across our lips in the form of a confession. That confession will build a solid front before us called the shield of faith. And brothers and sisters, it's not faith in our faith, it's faith in His grace. See, too often we've tried to have faith in our faith. We've tried to build our faith up in our faith in our own faith. Well, if I can just believe hard enough, if I can just do this, maybe I haven't quoted enough scriptures, maybe I haven't given enough in the offering, maybe I haven't prayed enough, maybe I haven't read enough, and we talk about all these things and we get ourselves all uptight that maybe we haven't performed enough to see God's power work in our life. Brothers and sisters, it's not faith in our faith, it's faith in His grace that makes it possible. Because none of this is according to our works. You didn't get saved because of something good you had done. You got saved because of the mercy and the grace of God. Now remember, mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. Because of sin, because of the ravages of sin, because of everything that's happened in the fall, because of how we've acted in the past, we don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve to be saved. We haven't done anything good enough. I don't care if you were raised in church. I was raised in church. Still didn't do everything good enough. I don't care. God's not up there keeping roll on how many times you come to church. He's not keeping track of how many scriptures you've read. He's not got a tally up there. Okay, you've read enough good. You qualify for a blessing. None of that is the truth. That's all religion and tradition. The truth of it is, is that God is merciful and He's gracious. And because of His mercy, we don't get what we deserve. Instead, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we get to spend eternity in heaven and live here on the planet full of the Holy Spirit and able to do things God's way. Amen. And because of His grace, we get what we don't deserve. We get all the blessings of God. God will work on your behalf. Well, I haven't done everything perfect. Well, join the club. We've got t-shirts out there in the foyer. We'll give you one. None of us does everything right. None of us does everything perfect. Quit rocking around thinking you've got to do everything perfect in order to get blessed by God. No, you're blessed because you're a beloved son or daughter of God in whom he's well pleased by virtue of the fact you accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Now his spirit lives inside of you and you and the spirit of God are one spirit together. And he that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you and you've got all the power of the universe at your disposal. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so we have to have faith in His grace and His ability to do for us what we don't deserve. You can't get good enough. You can't do things well enough. All we can do is have coming out of our mouth what God's Word says, believe it in our heart, and know that He's on our side and not against us. And He really wants to bless us so that He can show the world, this is what I do for my kids. I'm the blesser and not the curser. Amen. Amen. 
So we can use that shield of faith in his grace to quench every fiery dart that the enemy throws against us. So for the rest of our short time this morning, I want to give you some great confessions to live with. Are you ready to receive that this morning? Amen? So here's the first one. Number one, I know and believe the love God has for me. That's the first confession right there. I know and I believe the love that God has for me. John, 1 John 4, 16 says this, We have known and believed the love that God has for us. See, when you're confident in your knowledge of how much God loves you, it will remove all fear from your life. Brothers and sisters, if God loved you so much and saved you when you were a sinner, how much more does he love you now that you're his child? How much more does he love you now no matter what you do, no matter how much we might mess up, because every single one of us messes up from time to time. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about me. Yeah, y'all didn't say that with much conviction. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Yeah, so y'all can say that, yeah. So y'all can say that, that's much easier. He's talking about you. No, he's talking about me. He's talking about every one of us. We all going to make mistakes. God doesn't fall off the throne because you failed. He doesn't fall off the throne because you blew it today or yesterday or the day before. And probably he'll blow it tomorrow. It's all right. It's cool. It's okay. It's just what are we going to do with that? Are we going to throw our hands up and quit? Are we going to say, you know what? I know and believe the love that God has for me. And I've got faith in my knowledge there of that. And it's going to remove all fear. And God loves me. And I'm going to go ahead no matter what. And, and I'm going to do my best to start doing wrong. Come on. Amen. I know and believe the love that God has for me. Number two is this. God is for me and not against me. Hallelujah. God is for me and not against me. And you can add on to that. He's on my side. He's on my side. tells you God's against you. He's ready to buff you because you've done something wrong. He's just sitting up there ready to pull back some of those blessings. I cannot stand that song that says he gives and takes away. He gives and takes away. It's wrong. Well, Job said that. Yeah, Job had just lost everything. He was in the worst of the worst shapes that you could be. Just because it's in the Bible doesn't that what the guy said was right. The Bible is full of the inspired record of uninspired utterances by a lot of people. When Goliath is standing up there saying to David, I'm going to take all of Israel and we're going to kill you, we're going to destroy you, we're going to rip your heart out, the birds of the air, all that. It's in the Bible. Is that the will of God for his people? No. Because David stood up and said, no. My faith is in God, and I've got an agreement with him, and I'm going to rip your head off. That was the truth. And so when Job is in that situation saying, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. All that was was a man in deep, dire straits saying something out of the anguish of his heart. And the whole rest of the book of Job is to demonstrate that it wasn't God that took him out. You don't get that. So that's why I like to sing that song. He gives and makes a way. He gives and makes a way. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. That's how that song talks about salvation. Because God is for us and not against us. 
never blesses you and then takes it back because you didn't give. That's wrong. That's child abuse. Come on, somebody. That's child abuse. You'd be a horrible parent if you do something like that. Okay? No, you don't deserve to take away from your parents because because God is for me and not against me. Romans 8.31 says this. If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Because God is on your side working for you. Amen? Number three, God covers all my mistakes. God covers all my mistakes. That's a good place to shout hallelujah. Yeah, thank you. All right. God covers all my mistakes. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 4.8 says this, love will cover a multitude of sins. This is good marriage counseling right here. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Sam, I can't deny that, that God covers all my mistakes. 1 John chapter 4 says God is love. Amen? So God does not have love. God is love. Is there any place to see the word love in the Bible? You can put God's name in any place So instead of love will cover a multitude of sins, God will cover a multitude of sins. So one of the confessions is God will cover all my mistakes. Aren't you glad that not everything you've done wrong is on your conscience? I don't think I want to run for president next year. Aren't you glad? And you know, sometimes we make mistakes recognize that God is love and he's a loving parent, God just might cover me. God just might cover over me. God just might say, you know what, I'm going to cover that and I'm going to give you a second chance. Let's minister to someone this morning. Because you've been worried about some mistakes that you've made. Maybe, maybe it's, I don't know, it could be money. Maybe mistakes in relationship. Maybe mistakes at the job. Maybe mistakes with something that was entrusted to you. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I'm here to tell you that God, we serve a loving Heavenly Father. And He's not wanting to expose our dirty laundry for the world to see. By the way, if you don't want it exposed, don't put it on Facebook. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you don't want us to know, don't put it out there. Just let God cover over you and move on. Since God is love, God will cover all your mistakes. Is this all right for everybody this morning? Number four, confession number four, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Confess the absolute Lordship of Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Philippians 2.11 says, Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every tongue. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When you say Jesus is Lord, you bring him on the scene to the situation. You can say, Jesus is Lord over my finances. Jesus is Lord over my job. Jesus is Lord over my church. Jesus is Lord over my family, over our children. See, when you confess this, then you bring him into the situation. Making him Lord in the situation brings his power on the scene as well. 
So you don't even have to say, Jesus is Lord over my finances. You're just looking at your checkbook and you just go, Jesus is Lord. You look at your kids and you go, Jesus is Lord. Come on, somebody, amen? And we laugh about that and whatever everything else, but I'm telling you what, you're going fast, your kids become adults and go through some stuff. got to declare his lordship over that and believe that you receive that and his power comes instantly on the scene and something may not happen immediately but I'm telling you if you'll just stick with it and have faith in his grace you'll begin to see the change take place number five I do not have a kingdom I do not have a kingdom I can't tell you how much I don't have a kingdom I do not have a kingdom Don't you care about this and this? No, I don't. I don't have a care. We talked about, oh, I wish we could be kids again, just carefree. Come on, you look at some of these kids in junior high and high school, and they're all freaked out, and you're like, dude, you ain't got a care in the world. Come on, amen? You ain't got a care in the world. Oh, Lord, if I could go back knowing what I know now and do that, oh, God, I wouldn't care about something. I care about, I wouldn't care about anything. I wouldn't care about my grades. God will take care of that. I'll do my part. Come on, amen? Amen. So, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says this, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. When all care, worry, and concern are cast on God, then you come under the authority of the word and take the first place in the kingdom. I don't care. Right? I don't care. But what about the presidential election? I don't I don't worry and I don't fret over it. Now, I'll pray for God's will to be done. I'll pray in faith, not in worry and pull. Well, I ain't got the care to pull out anymore, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. But, but I mean, I, 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 I pray in faith in His grace on this nation. Come on, somebody, amen? And, and just that, that God's will, right person, will be in office there. And I pray over that, and then I'll go do, and then I'll put some, some action to my faith, and I'll go vote. Gonna vote. I don't like either one of them. I don't like this. I, don't, I ain't gonna vote. Oh, come on! Don't make me come down there and mess with you. Yes, go vote. Do it. Please, please. It's our right and privilege, okay? But I do it in faith. But I don't care. I'm not worried and fretful. Why? Because we are not tied to the economy of this world. We're tied to, we're tied to God's economy. We're tied to the kingdom of God. And so no matter what happens, one way or another, God is still for us and on our side. He loves us. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. It doesn't matter. God is for us on this. Amen. Amen. Number six, almost done. All my needs are met. All my needs are met. Oh, I, I like that. I say it twice. <laughs> All my needs are met. Amen. Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, we are seated at a table of abundance in the presence of our enemies now in this lifetime. And your enemy is not any person. 
Your enemy is not that other person at work. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is not the bank. Your enemy is not the credit card company. Your enemy is not this, not that. If you're a Republican, your enemy is not the Democrats. If you're a Democrat, your enemy is not the Republicans. Tell somebody, amen? Our enemies are the demonic forces that are at work in this world. And God meets all of our needs right in front of those things that are trying to come at us and steal from us and kill from us and destroy and all of that. And God says, I'm going to prepare a table. I'm going to meet your needs right in front of them to let you know you're my child. I'm on your side. You work for me, and I pay very well, and and I'm going to bless you in spite of all of that. And all my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will get it to you somehow if you'll just have faith and confidence in his grace. Amen. The last confession is this. I am free. I am free. Amen. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You've been set free from religion and tradition. You don't have to perform to be God's favorite. You don't have to perform in order to get his blessing. All the word of God is, is the owner's manual for how to operate on your life. It tells you, these are the things that you, if you do this, you'll get that. You do this, you'll get that. You do this, you'll get that. Yeah. So all it is, is just a way to operate in this system here. A way to operate here on the planet in such a way to be in the blessing flow of God. And that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. And when you're doing everything right and still the enemy attacks, you can have confidence in God because you're free. You're free. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You're free from the power of Satan. You're free from religion. And you're free to be all that God has destined you to be. You're free. You're free. There's such a release in that. Such a... You know, I grew up in church all of my life. And it was a great, great experience. However, the group that we were involved in, while we were spirit-filled Pentecostal, if you want to call it that, we were very much about works. We were very much about towing the line. We were very much, we were very legalistic. We were very judgmental. And as a result, you, 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 you then begin to get a performance mindset. That God doesn't like me unless I measure up. I, I didn't read all the book chapters I was supposed to today. Um, oh, oh my God, I missed Sunday school. You know, and so I didn't get a star. When you get to heaven, none of those stars are going to be there. When you get to heaven, they're not going to let you in because you got all the stars. Tell somebody, amen. And, and so as a result, there was not a lot of freedom. We were more bound up in having to do everything right. And we'd see other people that were getting blessed when they weren't doing everything right like we were. And so we'd be, well, obviously the devil is getting comfortable with my life because if they were as good as we are. And thank God when we started this church, we said, we ain't going to do that. We ain't going to have that. We're not going to be that way. We're going to raise up a place where you're free. Well, you're free because of the work that Jesus Christ has done inside you. And you're free to live for Him. And you're free to get in His Word. And you're free to let the Holy Spirit be your guide. You're free to let the Holy Spirit be the one to convict you of sin and righteousness and judgment. I'm not your Holy Spirit. 
I'm your pastor. I'm to equip you for works of service. I'm not to judge your clothing. I'm not to judge this or that that you have in your life. I'm not to judge what movies you watch. I'm not to judge what you do, what you eat, what you drink, anything else. That's not my job. My job as a five-fold minister is to equip you to do the works of service that God's called you to do. That's my job. That's my job. That's their job. And in doing so, we release you into the freedom to be everything that God wants you to be. And for him to be the one to speak to your heart about whatever it is that needs to change in your life. Now, brothers and sisters, he talks to me all the time about stuff that I need to change. But it's not in a way where he's beating me and slashing me and this and that. It's just like, Gary, no, hey, just change right here, son. We can go to this level of prayer. If you'll change this confession right here, if you'll change this attitude right here, if you'll change this particular way of thinking right here, then it'll take you to the next level. I've never had the Holy Spirit say to me, you shouldn't have gone to that church. Now, it's not because I haven't gone to movies that some people might think were not all that appropriate. It was because it wasn't a thing of that's thing you're doing. God always came back to me with attitude, confession, what's going on in my heart, what am I thinking about? Because when those things change, then whatever needs to fall off will fall off. Are y'all with me? And it's different for every single person. I'm taking a little bit of time on this because this is one thing that's going to take this body, Triumph Angleton, sorry about that, Triumph Angleton to the next level is that you guys are free to be the body of Christ in this town that God has called you to be. You've got awesome leaders right here in front of you. They have a heart for you. They have a heart for this town. They love God. They love you. And you are going to do amazing things. You guys have gone through a transition now of about two years. It takes about that long to kind of go through a transition. Well, two years is about up. Now it's time for this thing to hit the ground and go. Amen. And it is. I feel that in my spirit that it is. I felt that in here this morning. They're like, this thing is ready to go to another level. This thing is ready to go to another place. And the whole thing is you've got to be free. If you'll be free and realize I am free tradition, throw off the power of Satan and be free and watch God take all of you to the place that's destined for you. Amen? If you do that, your actions will begin to be in obedience to God and your life will become everything you hoped it would be. Can you say amen to that? Can you stand with me please for just a moment? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you this morning for the opportunity to share your word for the opportunity, Father, to let people know that you are for us, that you are not against us, you are on our side, and you love us. Father, I thank you that today, wherever we are at in our life situation, that, Father, you've got a next day for us. You've got a next level. You've got a next place. You've got a next thing. You've got a next assignment. Thank you, Father. This body of believers has been established to be a lighthouse in this town. And, Father, to have its own identity to fulfill a piece of the work of the body of Christ in this town that needs to be done. And I thank you, Father, that the uniqueness of Triumph Angleton is such 
that the city of Angleton and Danbury and the surrounding area cannot exist without it. So, Father, I thank you that now that this time of transition, I believe, is done, that, Father, now is the time to step up to the next level. Now is the time, Father, for this body of believers to step into the next phase, the next assignment, the next thing that you have for them. So, Father, I thank you today that I believe that time has come. And I believe, Father, it's now to forget what's behind and reach forward to what's ahead. Knowing, Lord God, that you've called us to that next level of assignment. So, Father, I thank you for that, and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name.